Welcome to the Fitness Queens podcast, empowering your mind and sculpting your body. Join your hosts, multiple fitness world champions, Alicia Kirios and Stephanie McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of We Fitness Queens with my beautiful co-host, Stephanie McHugh. And hola, today, hola. today we're going to discuss, we thought it would be fun, um, some of the top mistakes that we see people make and the, the hurdles that we see clients constantly coming mm-hmm. up against, right? Because there will be no doubt several of these for several of you that will feel like, a, oh, shit, that's me. Hey, don't worry. Been there, done that kind of thing too. So don't, yeah, this is exactly. we can speak out of, you know, a little context is we relate. Not only do we have clients doing this, we've personally done these things, you yeah. know, maybe at the time of our journey. Yeah. So we understand where you're coming from, but we want to address them because there's, I mean, they may seem simple, but there are also things that we have to check ourselves and make sure that we're not doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, look, these are more so coming to from the places of where people get into that rut of, I'm not seeing a result, nothing's changing and they're beating themselves up, but it's usually because one of these things is happening. So, you know, yep. we thought we'd tick them off and then it might just give you a little aha uh-huh moment mm. or a little like, yep, okay, that's something we need to work on. And look, I think um, first things so first, when you're addressing any of these situations and it's, you know, even when Steph and I have gone through maybe one, two, maybe more of them at some point in our life, um, it's just becoming aware of them first and foremost, and then starting to, you know, um, consciously make choices to move beyond them. Right. Um, and yeah. I mean, we just had a bit of a quick banter because as coaches, we see quite a lot of things, but mm-hmm. one of probably the biggest things that we've seen, and you know, I I've actually shared this stuff before in, in my social media is just general inaccuracy with tracking. <laughs> So general inaccuracies that might include everything from, you know, liquid calories that they're just not putting in. So, you know, might be having coffee and coffee every day with milk and it's the additional calories. Or just not not weighing, right? Like just, and and I get it. It can be a little tedious at the beginning. It's like, well, you expect me to have a scale like and actually weigh things (laughs) out? It's like, yeah, that's how you learn what your portion control is and you understand, you know, your intake and you actually know when things are maybe too much. And like yeah. Alice said, the liquid calories are, are the most sneaky ones I've noticed. Most people don't yeah. realize that they're yeah. getting in. How many times have you had a client that uh, is replacing water for like a milk or a juice? Oh, yeah. right? Like just meaning, well, for example- adding- adding yeah. flavoring into water and I mean that's cool like it's fine I'd rather people have like a I'd rather more. people have like a flavoring they put into water and actually consume enough water and be hydrated you hydration sure. is super important I'd rather that but you still need to go okay I'm going to track those things because they still <laughs> add up to your totals right and again yeah. look these things don't matter so much if you are in a build phase these things don't matter so much if you're not you know trying to focus on weight loss or, or tightening up or reducing body fat. But for most people listening at some point, they're going to be, that's going to be your goal. And these are probably some of the reasons why you're not reaching it. And Nikki calories. <laughs> exactly. And the other thing is that I think sneaks up on you pretty quickly too, 
it, and I'm going to, I'm going to throw this in there. This is actually personal experience here, right? When I'm in my build phases, I'm going to be honest, I might track one of my coffees, but I might have a day where I end up having three, right? Yeah. So when I actually start um, to focus on a cut or, or tightening shit up, do you know the first thing I do? I literally just cut myself back to one coffee a day and it's tracked. And you know, I don't even I don't even do anything else to my food straight away. I wait and I see what that does. And in a week, I'm telling you. You already notice the difference. I'll drop a little. Three coffees <laughs> like, down to one. But that goes that you're adding milk or you're doing lattes or you're doing some type of other, yeah. you know, substance that has some fats or, you know, some extra calories. And that's kind of what I'm referring to. A lot of people don't realize how no. they're consuming their drinks or how many calories that may have or how many extra carbohydrates that may be yeah. within the sugars in that drink. So yeah. that alone. Or the fats, like if we're talking about milks and almond right. milk, and you or know, if you're all adding these- all your syrups because that's a big thing in the states. I know not so big here, but yeah, simple syrup. You're adding anything on top free. of it. If you're having a large one versus a small one, that's additional calories. And then, like the other thing that I do when I when I do that, because this is the only change I make for my first week, and then I reassess, is I cut out all my sauces, so I don't go adding sauce to any meal i will add my herbs and my spices and my flavorings in that way but i just don't add condiments because you'll be surprised at how quickly your condiments add up right like a hundred percent they do and so barbecue sauce and like the heavier you know sugar ones because let me tell you i'm a sauce gal like i always say sauce is boss because it is (laughs) this is like my game like i used to see my pantry like my pantry (laughs) all the sauces you could think of whether it's hot spicy sweet you know a little tangy like whatever you think and think i really love sauces but ali's right if you are struggling with maybe you know just dropping a little bit not just weight but you know, reducing body fat levels, you're in a weight loss phase or fat loss phase. It is actually very, very crucial for you to understand where these calories are sneaking in or how you can maybe cut down your sugars. Because I find that all these sauces that are normally like very tasty are either fat filled or sugar filled. It's not like, you know, hot sauces that I'm like, okay, when I'm in prep, it's like nothing but a hot sauce. It's hot sauce game. Yeah. I'm like, like calories. Yeah. Literally calories, zero calories to 10 calories. You're like, okay, that's cayenne pepper and water. (laughs) You know, know? when, when you're in that phase, you just, you factor it in, right? So this is the thing. It's, it's you know, you might choose to still be having these things and that's fine, but you've got to actually track them. You've actually got to weigh them. You've actually got to be across them. So, you know, one of the biggest things I see is that people just have no concept of the little things that add up and they are missing them. So then what they'll do is they'll be like, but I'm, I'm doing everything to the letter and I'm hitting my target. And it's like, yeah, but are you? Because when we factor in that you're having this, this and this or you're, consuming that or you've added that source or you've put that on that that could be enough that it takes you out of the deficit completely or it reduces the total of the deficit which then has you losing weight at a slower rate than planned and you adapt so much messes with your head right so So that that's that's that side of it which are the things you might miss that you're doing but then but then we look at the things like okay for busy mums this is something I see all the time they pick they pick at their kids food they eat the leftovers they mm-hmm. snack while they make the lunch boxes like people sure a lot of them are like that? that's me how are you tracking that Probably that's me <laughs> yeah, you, you haven't weighed that shit 
You haven't mm. added that to your plan. Didn't track it. And so you've eaten all your food and then you've gone and snacked. Track and the goldfish, and... track the yeah. wheat track all those yeah. little extra snacks. All and the little extras. You're understanding kind of where you're going over. Is it an extra 300 calories? Is it an extra 30, yeah. 40 of carbs like where is it that you are second that way you're having a much better awareness of where you do need to cut back like Allie knew she was having the additional two three oh months. yeah 100 so she even though she wasn't <laughs> tracking them she knew she was doing it so yep. if you maybe aren't tracking those snacks or you're not having that start with a tracking it so you know how much you're going over yeah. Yes. stop snacking and see where your consumption actually is and see okay this is my baseline this is my intake this is my everyday intake mm -hmm. and if you're not tracking everything meaning like you're actually not weighing it out are you accurately tracking because i yeah. saw i find so many individuals are like okay i did a tablespoon of peanut butter and this is very common because oh my god I this is find this that freaking worse right the they spoon get the if it's heat is actually like but it's servings exactly so if you do it without taking off the top little mountain of your, you know, like tablespoon, you are actually having two tablespoons. This puts you at it's like a little lot more fat, like a 250 calories. And you're like, wait, I thought I was supposed to be having like 70 or 80 <laughs> amount that I'm assigning. Like, yeah, and then, you should have worked out. <laughs> and while we're on the topic of that, because this is a prime example too, is cooking with oils and you're mm. just getting the bottle and you're just boiling wow. it over olive oil coconut oil and look i'm guilty of that one so guilty <laughs> so guilty because i mean the peanut butter i mean i i just know and don't get me wrong like i think when you know when it's a trigger for you yeah. like you know you're gonna go deep in yeah. into this freaking peanut butter jar I just, I don't test myself. I like, I already know this is how much I need to have. So I, that's not my trigger, but man, olive oil, shit. Like I freaking <laughs> love the taste yeah. of olive oil yeah. and the fats. And you know what? Yeah. I hate about a lot of the comments that I would normally tell to myself. I'm like, but it's healthy. <laughs> how many <laughs> times? Voice yeah. <laughs> that little voice inside your head, but olive oil is healthy. Like, duh, you can have yeah. some more. It doesn't matter. Guys, if you overconsume of any macronutrient, doesn't matter if it's healthy, you're gonna you still get a surplus, right? Yeah. You're never gonna get yeah. out of that surplus yeah. of that macro. So we need to kind of be a little more aware. Maybe it is half a tablespoon. Maybe it's just a tablespoon. You know, learning how to gauge that and really, truly staying on the tablespoon yeah. mark or two tablespoon will help you a lot. So if you're struggling yeah. with these little small things, your inaccurate tracking is what's actually causing yeah. maybe some of this, you know, gray area. For yeah. You don't and I think if, if you've just listened to this, it's not about even like getting to the point where like not even really big drastic things you got to do straight away. If you literally just go, right, I'm going to track this amount of milk in my coffee. I'm going to track these condiments, I'm going to track, you know, this oil use, I'm going to measure my fats when I'm actually going to put yes. peanut butter or Biscoff or whatever the hell that mm. you're obsessed with so into good. something. Um, <laughs> I'm measuring it, right? I'm not just using a teaspoon or a tablespoon. I'm actually going to weigh it. If you do those things alone, I guarantee you, you'll tighten up and you'll, yeah. you'll notice the difference. And then yeah. if you go that one step further and you physically start pre-planning meals, weighing things properly and tracking more meticulously, results are guaranteed. So, you know, yeah. I would just strongly okay. urge everyone, start to take a, an honest level of stock. So take your stock take on what you're actually consuming in a day. So don't even change anything. Just track it oh, accurately track it for one day 
and learn what you're actually consuming because it'll probably shock you and then make your adjustments from there. (laughs) (laughs) Then make your adjustments from there. You know what I'm saying? Every time that people always get wrong. And it's so interesting because I'm always like, how much do you think that is? Is rice. When people have actually guesstimate rice, the amount of times I've had people say to me, oh, I think that's about 100 grams. Then we weigh it and it's like, whoa. 300. It's half that. That was two, 250 grams. Do you know what I mean? Like, and rice is something that's served with so oh. many meal options and in so many, you know, rice. Go into the oils, they go inside the rice, they get saturated right. inside of the rice. This is where I find the highest dose. And I even put for my Americans here that understand what I mean Chinese food and Panda Express and fast food that's like <laughs> practically yeah. just oils with the rice and it's just fried rice like don't get me wrong like a good fried rice i'm for it but these freaking places are like almost tripling just that oil just to put into that rice and like that calorie over over rice and the carb context of a rice is already quite high even though it's low fat but now you just double it i mean it added all the freaking oils into it it's just so much harder they usually use like a honey teriyaki or something sourced through the rice too like it's just like oh man you just get slammed Uh, in every direction so again i think just be more conscious more aware track get an actual estimate you know an actual accurate sorry assessment of where you're at and then you can start to estimate what you need to reduce or you know maybe make healthier swaps with and how to approach getting a little bit more accurate in your tracking because you know inaccuracies with tracking would have to be the number one you know hurdle challenge mistake i see clients make and then moving on from there what we see is ah they put in this is kind of like a double-edged sword what i call the fuck it bucket because they go (laughs) oh i'm not losing and they jump on the scale and every single day they're assessing themselves like it's just not working and i'm trying everything i'm doing all the things and i'm like well, no, you're actually not. But secondly, you know, when you go then and do these obsessive scale checks, mm. you will then change behavior and you will go restrict, 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 and then have a big binge day. And we see this happen hey, all the time. So that's obsession so, over numbers, obsession correct. over the scale. And it actually kind of ties into us telling you to track. And I know those of you that maybe overly track, and, I, and I'm going to bring this up because I find it still scale obsession. It is so obsessed on some of the ends. It's on the different spectrum for those that maybe overly track and like just yes. never by the gram and it's like they relapse exactly they have like this little episode of like oh my god i freak out and like you've been doing this so harsh on your mental state that you were thinking being perfectly tracking and following these macros are going to get you these results and you're not getting the results then yeah you probably need to reassess just your intake and go back into a food diary um and probably intuitively eat so it's very different on the spectrum but where ali is going here which i completely agree i watch so many clients obsess on is like what they weigh what their scale is exactly um, resting in their you know week to week or is it there what's happening you don't see what's happening because the scale's going up or it's staying the same when we see the change and the individual probably is like freaking out, right? I mean, how many times do you see yeah. them flying around? They're changing body composition wise. They're improving their yeah. muscle mass. Not body fat's going down, but the weight is staying the same. So they get so obsessed and so, yeah. like you said, in their head and they go into this fuck it mentality to where yeah. they, they give in their towel. They're like, you know what? F it. Nothing's yeah. working. 
So I'm just going to have whatever. Whatever right? I want. <laughs> I'm going to get my head in the pantry, my ass up oh. in the air. I'm just going to go to town. <laughs> like, yeah, we see that. We see that. But then also, you know, we see this, um, you know, really crappy situation where it's like the daily fluctuations that are 100% normal, which can come from anything from, you know, a little bit more sodium in food, a little bit more fluid retention, can come from dehydration, can come from hormone surges, can come from a shitty night's sleep, can come because your bowel hasn't evacuated properly in two days. You know, it can be post a massive leg session where you've torn the shit out of yourself and you've got inflammatory-based responses. Like all of these variables, all of them can make your weight go up and, you know, dehydration makes it come down. So it's like there are so many things and it is not body fat people. You cannot actually physically put on any weight overnight randomly unless – you literally went into those all-you-could-eat competitions on some reality television show and shoved a million fucking hot dogs in your face. Like, Joey Chestnut, because he's the champion, okay? Can't. Give him some respect, all right? It doesn't happen like that. That's his name, all right? It, don't even ne- tell me how I know this, because I do watch the Hot Dog Eating Championship. <laughs> You're actually a fan. Of PN, okay? <laughs> and you saying that just brought me back to eat, watching Sorry, the Hot Dog Eating Championship this year. <laughs> no, don't be that it, person. It, yeah. it, is, it is one of those things where it's like, you know... You just got to get yourself out of that habit of going, well, that's gone up by this overnight. So therefore I'm going to go do this. And it's these really self-destructive internal dialogues where you are beating yourself up or you're telling yourself how useless you are or how this doesn't work. That doesn't work. It never works. You're never going to be this. You're never going to be that. It's just, it, it is a perpetual stir the shit situation and you'll never get out of it until you stop fixating on this number without at least recognizing the bigger reasons that could be contributing to it. Because once you actually get really real about those things and you can recognize them, you're like, oh, you become detached and it's not an emotional thing. You actually are quite objective in your ability to be able to go, oh, okay, I know it's this, this, and this. That's cool. Don't worry about it. You know, tomorrow or within the next two days, it's going to drop down again. Or you know, in the case of um, trying to build even, you're not making a knee-jerk reaction based off of one incremental movement. You're looking for, you know, say two weeks of consecutive data before you make a change. So, you know, I, I strongly suggest that you do one of two things. You either don't weigh yourself daily or don't weigh yourself at all. I've been known to throw the scales out of people's homes. Um, uh-huh. Or you are way more aware and objective in your analysis of it and you stop making it a thing where you go I'll be happy at this weight or I must be at this weight or this weight means this it's like no I'm looking at performance and health and all these other things first and the the scale weight is just a metric to give me a rough guideline of am I trending in the right direction but it should not be in any given moment in time, it should be an average across the course of a seven day period or longer, you know, not just a day to day knee jerk reaction to a day to day fluctuation. Um, and my strong, strong advice is stop obsessing over a number in the first place. Like it doesn't define you. It doesn't define your happiness and it does not 
you know, there is at no point a specific weight that is going to change your level of, you know, contentment or inner peace at all, ever. That comes from a completely different position and place, you know? And if you're struggling with this, because I'm going to segue that, because I do think that if you are struggling with just a a scale, a number, and you're just thinking you're going to be happy, you have to go back to our previous episode where we, you know, actually talk about this in more depth. And Mm -hmm. um, it goes through, you know, the weight you think is that you're going to be happy. Usually that you are going to have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Just never expect a number. Don't look at that weight number as a goal. Yeah. the the body you want usually won't weigh what you think it should. That's the the big key take home, you know, a hundred percent, definitely. And look, research shows that the people that are the leanest with the best abs, and when we're at stage level, we're not healthy, and we're not usually that happy, and we're usually miserable oh. and taking shit out on everyone. We've got no energy, no libido, so angry, literally. You know, and we're still not good enough. Crap, like, that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So like, it's like, which, which I think is so important to listen to here because you're hearing here how Ali and I are actually opening up and telling you how even at our leanest, even at our best, even when we have won, we still don't feel mm-hmm. our best and that no, we could could always feel like there's something more I could do. I could have been better. I could have actually, you know, got a little leaner or yeah. been a little bit bigger or, you know, like there's always something that you're yeah. going to feel you could do more of. So never let that take away from what you've already achieved. achieved. What you've achieved is so much. And sometimes we don't give ourselves credit. So if you're looking at yourself as not being ready or not going far enough or not feeling good enough, you just kind of reflect and see how yeah. far you've already gone. Be proud of that. Don't obsess over the numbers. I think that a number is so irrelevant when it's a feeling. Because if we're telling you, we didn't even yeah. feel our best. We weren't even happy. No. You know, when we were at this stage. No. Why would you expect yourself to be happy when you get to this number? Exactly, exactly. And I think this segues really nicely into our next point, which is actually going to be talking about comparison being the thief yeah. of all freaking joy on the planet. Um but I'm yes. going to talk about two things here and I'm going to link scale back into it. This is specifically for women that are, you know, sort of slightly older. So the more mature ladies and as ladies sort of get into their forties and beyond, God damn, stop comparing yourself to the 20 year old version of you or your 20 year old daughter or granddaughter or whatever the hell you're looking at, because guess what? You're not supposed to look like that. And reality is, reality is at that point in your life, you should be focused on strength and gaining muscle, not shrinking, because shrinking is going to affect your bones, your health, like everything. And at that point in time, you need to be doing as much as you can resistance wise to have quality of life for longer. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to strongly suggest that anyone that's approaching their forties, stop thinking about some college-based scale weight you once had and start thinking about how much kick-ass stuff you can do in the gym and how heavy your weights are getting week to week because that Mm, matters way more. And the more mass you have, the better your composition and the better your shape is going to be anyway. So I always advocate for any woman to focus more on strength and personal, um, you know, personal empowerment and and performance and all of the things that is, you know, um, going to be way more um, long-term beneficial to you than worrying about shrinking to fit a scale size, like absolutely mental. 
absolutely mental to be doing I, that. I couldn't agree with you more just with the aspect of when you reach, you know, an age, I think that we compare ourselves to just a previous self. So, oh, I did this, you know, when I was a teenager, I did this when I was, you know, in my twenties or I did this, like, I know I still do like, man, in high school, I used to be able to do this and I used to, you know, do that. And, and it's like, well, yeah, you lived a different lifestyle. You had a different body then different body composition and um, your hormones were very different as well. And I think yeah, that a lot exactly. of uh, females just exactly. kind of don't they, they don't realize how much hormonal changes they're undergoing and being the fact that we do, you know, have such a big a female client base, right? Ali, we just see so many different women undergo um, just let's say different lifestyle changes within their families, within their jobs, um, within their activities and that mm. demand and really puts them in a situation where they feel like they need to be cutting. They need to be losing weight. They need to be like trying to lose themselves, meaning like yeah. lose a half of their body weight or whatever that is, because they're yeah. trying to go back to that 20 year old self or that college yeah. self, like you're saying. And I see that more common uh, within They're women not, at right? 30, 35, yeah. 40, 45 age. And they're having this sure. like midlife crisis thinking that skinny is going to make them happy. When oh in reality, yep. it's really strength and empowerment yep. and seeing, you know, more muscle mass and yep. uh, being able to break the stereotype of, oh, you're starting too late. I think that's yeah. another just conception that so many, so many women have already broken and they're good yeah, leaders exactly. in the industry. But you can also be that person, even if you are 40 and you feel like it's too late to start weight training or it's too late, you know, to even do a competition, yeah. whatever this is that you're, you know, striving to do, building yourself up is going to be more important than trying to, you know, technically to bring yourself down, whether if that's the weight loss, loss, you need to build up your muscle mass. You're going to feel better. You're going to be a badass 50 year old, yeah. you know, to get there. And you're going to be leading the way for so many of us that want that example of someone that can, you know, change their, their ways, no matter how far in life you are. Yeah, so it's exactly. Comparison. Exactly. Uh, I want, sometimes comparison can be very unhealthy, but I find that comparison can be very healthy if you look at it the right way. Instead yeah. of you just looking at it as a man, I can't do that. Or that girl can do better over there. And, you know, she has more, she has a better mm -hmm. opportunity all these things or you feel like they had a better starting point or, you know, they just are doing more than you and you just don't feel good enough. It's not about comparing yourself to how far they've come or how maybe short time it took them to, to, to do mm. that. It's more about knowing that it's been done. Number one to yeah. me, what excites and motivates me. It's like, there is someone that has done it. There is proof. So therefore, so therefore I know fun. I can do it too. I can do I it by myself. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it takes me twice as long as that individual, exactly. but I know it can be done. Exactly. You know, maybe genetically speaking, that person maybe did have an advantage, but don't let that defeat you. Let that motivate you. Because yeah. then you know, even though yours exactly. might take a little longer, you're going to keep it. You're going to be able to really embrace those changes. When that a person that maybe took half the time or less, you know, sacrifice doesn't appreciate it. They don't actually value how great their body can respond and act because mm -hmm. then those are the clients and it's sad to me because then they're like, well, I didn't have to do the hard work growing up you <laughs> oh my god things. yeah i hear that all the time and i'm too. like, like it's so you're easy when i was young <laughs> you're barely learning that your genes are that good for you <laughs> like, <laughs> damn, i'm like i know you had good genes growing up but god you didn't have that reality but imagine if you understood that of yourself and you use yeah. that to your advantage rather than trying to actually say oh taking the easy road out or 
in our situation, I have to work a little bit harder because I've always been that. Even as much people say I have genes, I'm like, actually, guys, I've done a DNA test. My genes are not the most optimal for building muscle. I might have the most optimal maybe for, you know, storing body fat, but that's not anywhere for building muscle mass. I'm like, <laughs> those are like, dang, you know, you, you're storing it in your glutes. I'm like, yeah, but wait for me to cut it back down, guys. It's like the same struggle to, you know, lead it out and kind of gain yeah. it there. But gaining muscle mass is really what everyone should be aiming for, no matter yeah, how right. much they do. And stop comparing how much muscle someone else has or how far they are. Or maybe right, their because life. you don't even know their journey. You don't know what mm-hmm. chapter they're in. You're probably, you know, comparing your chapter three to their 45. So, you know, you can't do that. You can't look at anyone else on social media. You can't look at your best mate. You can't look at your daughter. You can't look at anyone else you've just got to literally compare yourself to yourself from yesterday and keep trying to improve upon that right so and again i'm going to drive home one more time for all those women that are you know getting into their 40s stop comparing yourself to 20 year old you just build the new version of you and start now you know it doesn't have to be this whole i i want to look how i used to it's rubbish let's stop that mentality um and then moving on to our next challenge or issue and the thing that we commonly see Steph what have we got there for our next one oh man so hey how do we deal with stress and how life hits us right I think stress management stress management and how we deal Mm. with everything that comes at us whether if it is you know your job or you know just your training and um, how to deal with people and personalities. And I feel like stress can either kill you <laughs> the way you react to it. And it truly I've watched it. I mean, it, it's kind of sad how it can really bring some people down into a depressing state, um, or yeah. it can actually push them and propel them with good stress and knowing that stress is good and how to manage it, how to navigate with people, how to have boundaries and actually yeah. set up yourself with maybe a little bit more of a structure around your day. So organizational skills and actually trying to find how can you manage not just your stress, but your day, which is going to control your stress, how you intake external stressors that come at you that you can't control. So, you know, reassessment of how you're, you know, maybe analyzing these emotions or these are things that I have to test myself all the time. I'm like, okay, Steph, take a step back. You know, this is, I'm going to do it a lot later. Don't punch punch that person in the face. Don't punch him in the face. (laughs) Take a breath. Take a breath. (laughs) Breathe. You know, bite your tongue a little bit real quick because you're about to do something that is going to bite you in the ass. Don't let your foot come out your mouth. Just And you know what, though, that allows me to then also not let my stress go through the roof and then start feeling overwhelmed and have this ripple effect of, uh, just not feeling in control because I feel like the moment that we lose control of just, of course, our setting, our day-to-day structure, we honestly are a chaotic human. We lose, honestly, any sense of positivity in our life. We turn into a negative Nancy. All this comes from stress management, how you perceive stress, how you ex- accept stress, um, mm. and how you honestly just deal with it, right? How do you overcome it? For me, it's training. I will go and do a session. I will do go and, you know, honestly, maybe do even a little bit of stretching mobility flow just because I know that will decompress me. I'll actually be able to kind of like 
relax and kind of not think of what the hell is happening emotionally, but then I'm actually channeling it through, you know, some physical exertion. So I find even a cardio session, not that I like cardio like that, but I'll take my dog on a walk on a long walk. I don't, I'm not, you guys have heard this a lot. I'm like, yeah, cardio is it's, 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 it's needed. Right. But, um, I, I don't like to say, oh man, I had the most amazing cardio. Well, I can't say I haven't said that because I I will <laughs> I will at times actually have a really good cardio session. <laughs> it's not like I am looking forward to it. Maybe until after that endorphin, you know, rush, <laughs> I'll be happy about it. Uh... But you know, like Alan, because you guys like going for walks. You know, taking yeah, taking we love the yeah. The walks are probably a big thing. Um, and then just downtime with family, I find, is a mm. massive stress reliever for me. Yeah. not just the physical pursuit because physical stuff absolutely can can reduce it for me but I find disengaging so completely switching my head off and being present in a moment with people that I care about or in an, in the environment in nature oh. that actually has a very calming effect on me so I like to do you know more grounding based activities so <clears throat> I think we've talked about this on previous episodes where I'm like a long weekend away go to the beach go to the mountains hike you know, just literally spend time disconnected from the things that are impacting me, you know. Um, And I think you're right. I think stress is something that people underestimate. I think stress is something that people, you know, don't manage well. And I think it's something they have issues admitting to feeling. So, you Mm. know, I think taking stock of that, being aware of that, and then finding and sourcing strategies that work specifically for you and implementing them is absolutely essential because until you get stress levels under control, they will control you and it won't always be in the way that you want. And it can oftentimes lead to really self-destructive behavior and or um, plateaus in your fat loss journey, if that's what you're on. Right. So no, I think it's a really valid point. I think that um, in the environment we're in at the moment where women are expected to have it all literally um, from, you know, the career to the house, to the kids, to the, you know, um, entrepreneurship, to the, you know, to the friendships, like they're meant to juggle freaking everything. And I believe we, you know, we can, but we shouldn't be expected to, it should be a choice. Um, But my point being, if you're feeling that pressure from those situations, then I think you need to really stop, sit back and take your temperature and assess the stress levels and then have strategies around them. So no, I think that's a great one, Steph. And I, I think a lot more people listening to this can probably relate to that than, you know, we'd, we would imagine. Well, I think very big hormone guys that most oh people don't realize when it's so elevated. I don't know why I can't sleep. I don't know why I feel this way. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel anxious. Well, like, let's, let's, like you said, body temperature, recheck yourself, see exactly. what's causing it, the triggers, find a solution, find, exactly. you know, some little quick remedies, some natural holistic remedies. I love magnesium for this. It really helps reduce the nervous system, you know, really get it into a nice state, especially in the evening. If you're, you know, having those struggles or even like just rituals, guys, finding ways to be able to curb um, some of these stressors or some of the things that come at you, you nailed it. You cannot control your stressful life. If you allow stress to control you. Um, So just to manage the best that you can stress management, I find it's just an issue with a lot of people when I first start working with them, I'm like, okay, we've got to find out a routine. We've got to figure out your, you know, lifestyle um, habits and how can we change those to service a more positive environment for this to be managed. So um, that's one of those. What about you, Ali? What's your, 
<laughs> your next no, one. No, I, I, I agree. I agree with you completely. And I think, you know, a lot of these things will feed into each other. So you'll start to see where we get this perpetuating, you know, cycle. And a lot of the times these issues won't be isolated. You know, people will feel one thing and it will lead to one thing and then they're hyper-focused and obsessed with one thing and then they react and they self-destruct and it's just you for a lot of people listening to this will go oh yep that sounds like me and yep I've done that and so I think it's more about um starting to get really honest and real with yourself about each of the things we've discussed and then looking at how you can start to combat these things right so I think um they're like yeah they're our top ones they're the ones we had they're the ones we come up with um we probably have a whole tent I full of all these things we can discuss <laughs> that were our top ones and um and I would love to hear from everyone as to you know having listened to this episode how they felt about these you know things we've raised and whether or not you know they've got specific examples they want to share or whether or not they would love us to cover off an, a, a you know second episode to this where we tap into a few more because like i said i got a list as long as my arm of things honestly we, we could, we could sure. keep going on and on yeah about these i guess uh things that we see we just we work with a, a lot of clients that struggle with these common things so which is why we thought these would be you know such the good ones to come yeah exactly exactly and i really hope that everyone you know sort of got something out of this conversation and could recognize some of the things in themselves because sometimes it's just as simple as becoming aware of it right um and then you can actually start to address them but um i i think for anyone that's listening that has gone oh my god i think that's me um you know or might need to reach out or you know wants to get some help with it you know how to find either of us and we're always here to help and um, we'd love to hear feedback and if you've really found this valuable or you know someone that would please share this episode with them um like it give us a time yeah, that's how this world has been really getting shared. And we really notice it, everyone sharing it across their platforms. So we appreciate it, you, you listeners or OGs. And to any of the new listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're yeah. trying to cover all things health, fitness, you know, wellness. Um, wellness it and absolutely. Living a nice fit lifestyle and improving yourself every single day. That's what we're chasing. We're all chasing to be our best selves. And if we can service any little nice little tip, give you a little, you know, understanding of how to maybe achieve that, because uh, that's what we chase all day, every day. Right, Allie? And it's so that's good true. to have you here in the community. And thanks again for listening in. It was a nice little short, sweet episode for you guys. Um, and now the drum roll for that next uh, guest special oh, guest. Oh, yes. <laughs> do you, next do you week's episode welcoming to our platform and on this podcast miss michelle mcdonald michelle mcdonald Woo! i'm so excited oh my Thank gosh you. guys it's Thank in you. for such a good episode we're not going to release the topic yet we've literally got such a special guest we'll be able to cover so many things mm -hmm. she's such a just great admirable inspirational woman um she's doing a yeah. lot of stuff behind the scenes you know with her companies and with joan her mom i'm sure a lot of you have maybe even heard of train with joan um yeah. she's just such inspiration across the world and doing so many things um you know as a i guess a global influence because that's what they are they're yeah they're they really are Hundred percent becoming such a, the big next 100%. I don't know duo team. <laughs> so I love you guys, and you guys will have them on the. Uh, we'll have Michelle on the episode, and we'll be able to pick her brain. So mm -hmm. we will be able to get some questions asked for her. So if you guys do, please submit some of those. We'll please. do a little questionnaire leading into the yeah. into next episode, so that you guys can right. know what you guys want us to ask Michelle Amazing. as well. 
Yay. Oh, so All good right, to guys. see you, babe. Until next time. Till next week. Bye. See ya. Bye.